0: Hey, sickles welcome to my second episode of the day my god i'm on a roll so as previously mentioned i'm century stowers and on tonight's episode i'll be interviewing miss socks for the second time My first interview was eight episodes back and titled Miss Socks Interview, so go and check that one out if you want to hear all about the movie she starred in, which was I Cut Your Flesh, directed by Sam Hell. Now, also previously mentioned, I'm going to be interviewing Sam Hell himself, so if you want to be notified on that episode, I highly recommend it. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify or follow me on all of my social media accounts. So yeah... And here we go. So tonight's episode is centering around the BDSM lifestyle or the BDSM alternative lifestyle. So if you're exploring your fetish side or maybe you want to dabble your little toes into the water a little bit and find out what it's all about, then this episode is for you. Now, thank you again, Miss Socks, for doing another interview with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, of course. I uh, don't mind at all. It's my pleasure doing another interview with you.
0: No, no, no. The pleasure is all mine. So can you please introduce yourself if you don't mind?
1: Hi, I'm Miss Socks. I made I Cut Your Flesh with Sam Hell and uh, I'm an active participant in the BDSM community in Los Angeles. So
0: can you tell me what role or roles in the BDSM lifestyle do you consider yourself to
1: be? I'm a head DM at one of the dungeons in Los Angeles. So I basically run a kink security team for every event. And I'm a switch. So I both top and bottom to play partners that I have. Uh, That's pretty much it. I try to help out where I can in the community. That's interesting.
0: So how did you find out about the BDSM lifestyle then?
1: I found out about the BDSM lifestyle through a uh, party that I went to when I was 18. I saw a kink performance and it blew my mind and I did everything I could to try to figure out how to find more of that in my life and I ended up with a partner who introduced me to dungeons and it all just kind of spiraled out from there. And so for me,
0: I first got introduced to the BDSM lifestyle when I was 18 years old and I was with my partner at the time, my partner in crime as I now say, and he was a more dominant role of the lifestyle and he liked the dominant role in the relationship in all aspects. And so he sat me down, he communicated with me what this was all about and so i started out as a submissive in the beginning and then i topped from the bottom when i was 20. so in the very beginning i actually loved being submissive but now i'm strictly dummy but on that note for those who are listening now i know a lot of people out there are either into the alternative lifestyle the bdsm lifestyle but they don't really know how to open up to people sometimes people are frightened to open up scared to getting judged and I think it's very important to understand that there's probably hundreds of people out there that are in the same boat as everybody else. It's just a lot more people, you know, a lot more confident with opening up, just such as myself. I'm very confident with my lifestyle. All the people I work with know about my lifestyle. And they ask more questions than not, because I would rather people ask me questions and understand it for what it is, than not understanding it, not asking questions and being judgmental about it and giving me a name so to speak due to certain films that were released which i'm going to be talking about shortly but miss socks for those who are listening what advice would you personally give them if they are for example scared of opening up to other people
1: i completely understand being scared opening up to other people about your kinks and fetishes and your interest in the bdsm world it can be really difficult to people who don't understand it I personally lost all of my friends when I was 18 when I found kink Uh, none of them understood it whatsoever especially because I'm into a lot more harder stuff like blood play so my advice would be to ease them in gently and if they don't understand be compassionate with the fact that they don't understand because it's not for everybody my sister is very open-minded but still doesn't understand a lot of the things that i do and i just accept the fact that she loves me anyway and doesn't judge me for the things that i do that's the big part is it's okay if they don't understand why you want to do the things that you do but having people judge you is not okay and getting past that judgment or getting them to get past that judgment is really important because they can love you for who you are but judging you for your personal life choices that don't involve them is highly inappropriate.
0: So what advice would you give to your listeners that maybe want to open up to their partners because on the same talking is the last question I asked Miss Socks was you know how do you open up to other people well this is very similar but this time it's more personal relationships now again there's plenty of people out there that are either in the lifestyle and they do what they do but they don't know how to open up to potential partners if you will or they are in a relationship with someone and they don't really know you know they've had all these fetishes and stuff and they really feel like they can't move on unless they you know talk about this to their partner so again what advice would you give to people that's listening that maybe wants to
1: open up to their partners for example I don't know how much advice I would have for opening up to partners I normally just drop them in the deep end and kind of overwhelm them with the things that I do which isn't always the best way to handle it But I do it early on in a relationship to make sure that we're compatible in the relationship and I'm not wasting my time with somebody who will judge me for the things that I want to do in my life. Um, But if you're already with somebody and you want to start exploring kinks, it's all about communication and being honest and open. Um, Just like with anything else in a relationship, communicating your needs and if they can't give them to you, then maybe having a what I call kink poly re- conversation where you're not having sex with other people, so you're not in a poly relationship, but you're allowed to do kink stuff with other people that is inherently non sexual, and maybe they will allow that in your relationship and let you get and let you get the things that you need from whatever kink, fetishy type thing that you need in your life. There is something I want to mention,
0: uh, Miss Sox, just after you were answering that question. I thought of something, and I thought, I'm going to mention this uh, in a little bit, asking you your advice on this particular film. But it's just like the, the film Fifty Shades of Grey, where he just brings her into the room and that's it. Um, that You know, I've got my opinions on Fifty Shades of Grey, um, but I will let you give your opinion in just a minute. But I do want to say that, that is not what our relationships are about for those that are listening. Um, I've personally always brought it out straight away to partners when I was talking to them online and whatnot. I would always tell them what the deal was and then they can choose to go f- forward with this. And, you know, if they are remotely interested, then by all means, I will give them all the information they need. But like what you said, Miss Socks, um, communication is key with this sort of relationship and you know it it's essential. You know it's it's a it's a, it's a luxury not to be honest with people in this relationship and in, in this alternative lifestyle. Now alongside that for you personally how long did it take you to become fully comfortable in your own skin?
1: Um well <laughs> Being comfortable in my own skin, I've always been pretty comfortable in my own skin. I did have a really bad relationship that left me pretty messed up in the head when I first entered the BDSM community. I was young and naive and didn't know that what he was doing was inappropriate. And it took me a couple years to get over that relationship and be comfortable in my own skin again. But you know, it's it's all about just accepting the things that you want and need in life and communicating those things to your partners and the people in your life to make sure that you have support and love and compassion in your life and that will definitely help you be more comfortable in your own skin. Now we are going to get onto the Nutty Uh So what are your
0: top five fetishes?
1: Wow. Top five fetishes. Um, that's kind of hard. So one, I would have to say socks. Um, obviously I'm obsessed with socks and I, I love people wearing fancy and ridiculous socks. That's definitely a big love in my life. Um, another one would probably be impact play. So floggers, paddles, canes, stuff like that. Um, Another one would be biting and scratching and I'd say for my fifth one it would probably be breath play which can be pretty um sketchy sometimes cuz it's very dangerous to do but you know if you do it properly in little small increments it's it's not too dangerous for your body.
0: Yeah, breath play is uh in my top and obviously blood is one of mine as well. But moving on, what are your favorite toys and why? I think I know this one, but we're gonna let you answer Miss socks on this one. What's your favorite toys?
1: My favorite toys are definitely floggers. Uh, They're, it's like a massage, it's so nice to be able to get beat by them. They're so much fun to throw and hit people with. They make lovely sounds and they're normally really pretty. And uh, they come in all different shapes and sizes and colors and they smell really nice because they're made out of leather. (laughs) Um, So floggers are definitely my favorite toy. Um, I own so many of them and continue to buy them all the time even though I don't need more. It's just nice to have a variety sometimes. And they can be made from almost any material so you can get lots of different sensations when you have a variety of floggers and that's a yes from me. I kind of knew what
0: that was. I wanted to double check, but yeah, floggers. Oh my lord, I have quite a few myself. And um I I totally agree with you on the smell. Like I love the smell of them. But yeah, but I love floggers. I absolutely love them. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. What is your opinion on the movie or the novel franchise of Fifty Shades of Grey. This is the question I think everybody's been waiting for. What is your opinion on this film or movie franchise, book franchise?
1: Oof, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, So I never read the books and I only watched the third movie and I only watched it because a former partner of mine begged me to go watch it with him. And so I did and it was pretty awful. Um, I think that um, whatever his name is, the main character dude, Gray, is an abusive, narcissistic piece of shit, and that his representation of kink is abusive and really inappropriate. I also believe that he practices unsafe kink, he doesn't listen to safe words, or what his submissive needs out of that scene or when he, he needs she. I'm sorry, when she needs him to stop at least in the third movie the representation of BDSM was wildly inappropriate and it made me pretty upset in the movie theatre witnessing what, what I had to on the big screen
0: yeah I will definitely agree with you on that I absolutely hate the movie I watched the first one, the second one and I barely got through the third one um, but yeah I am going to make a whole dedicated podcast episode just on Fifty Shades of Grey so you can get my take on that film but overall if you want to be saved the podcast if you don't really want to listen to it it was shite and it was wrong on all levels now for the next question so I think a lot of people might be quite fond of this question but what advice would you give your listeners about meeting new people?
1: Meeting new people can be kind of difficult, but if you attend munches, which are neutral location hangouts for kinky people at like a bar or a restaurant, uh, it's a great way to get to know people and make new friends. A lot of the same people show up to the same munches, and the same thing goes for events. A lot of people show up to the same specific monthly event and um, attending those events and munches are really the best way to get to know people. Obviously, I mean, there's not very many other options in the kink community, um, but it's, it's just all about putting yourself out there and becoming a frequent participant so that you can get to know the regular players in the community and in your specific scene in your city. Now this is another question
0: that I think a lot of people that's getting involved with the alternative lifestyle or the fetish scene or whatever and they talk to all these people and everything and they don't really see any of this as a red flag at all. but one red flag, because the question is, what are some red flags for newbies in the lifestyle? I'm going to let Miss Socks answer this first, and then I'm going to go over what I think some red flags are. So what is your red flags for any newbies in the lifestyle at all?
1: Red flags. Well, uh, the biggest red flag that I can think of is if somebody tells you that they don't believe in safe words. That is highly inappropriate and very dangerous. the bottom if your top or dominant doesn't believe in safe words that is the most common and biggest red flag that people come across is people saying safe words are for the weak safe words are for petty players um, safe words are for newbies safe words are extremely important they help you monitor your bottoms emotions and bodily needs in a scene and I could not think of anything more red flag than somebody telling you that safe words are something that they don't believe in or use
0: yeah and I totally agree with you on that one with being safe words for those out there that's listening if you are new to all of this and you don't really know what a safe word is it's a three words that a dominant and a submissive or top and bottom partner during play or any time throughout the day uh, in the relationship what they would use to signify to their partner um on different notices to them so for example i teach people this and i tell people it's the traffic light system so for example red yellow and green so what does a car do with the traffic lights when the r- um, when the light is on red the car stops so when you call red in a scene it means stop immediately now if a car is at the traffic lights and it says yellow amber and a submissive says that in a scene that means stop check in with me see how i'm doing and everything like that and then the green what does a car do it just goes so we'll hardly ever use green but for those certain times um you can use green it's not a problem That is just signifying to your partner that, you know, everything's fine. You can continue what you're doing. So that is what safe words uh, mean. Now, two other red flags that I want to mention is the first one is when somebody says, I know everything about this lifestyle. That is a red flag, run a mile. Nobody in this lifestyle knows every single thing about this lifestyle. Even the top educators of this lifestyle such as master arcane and depraved euros. They are masters in this lifestyle and they have been in this lifestyle for quite a long time. They've had relationships, polyamorous relationships and they do really really well for themselves and they are looked up to by millions and millions of people around the world. Even they are not on the top and they don't know everything. So if someone says to you and you're a newbie, I know everything, do not trust this person and run away. Another red flag of mine is if you hear somebody say, my way is the only way, that's not the case at all. There's no right, kind of, some of them are are wrong ways of doing things, but it all depends on the situation. Now there's no stupid question relating to this lifestyle, so if you have any questions at all about this lifestyle, whether it's to miss socks on myself, you can catch us on social media. Which uh, Miss Sox will be announcing her social media very very shortly, but moving on. So Miss Socks, why do you choose this alternative lifestyle over a vanilla one? I think that's a good question as well.
1: Vetting play partners in the community is very important. Uh, there is no shame in asking around about a person to see if there's any other red flags that come up. Maybe they've had consent violations in the past or took something too far, ignored a safe word, uh, things like that. It's, it's very normal to vet a play partner or a possible life partner, dating partner, uh, in the community if you need to or want to. Um, I do it. I help people get vetted with the friends that I have, um, it's nice to know a lot of people so you can help out newbies with potential play partners and dating partners. Um, but yeah, it's vetting is, is very important in the community. I can never imagine myself in a vanilla lifestyle. I've tried and took a break from kink and I missed it every single day. Um, an alternative lifestyle I feel like just has more oomph to life. There's just so much more to do. Like if I didn't have BDSM, I don't know what I would do for fun. I really cannot think of anything that I would like to do on my weekends besides spend them at the dungeon. Um, I love my community there. I love my friends. All of my friends I've met through the dungeon. Uh, my life is completely encompassed by BDSM, and I could not imagine it any other way. For me, it's, it's a part of who I am, something that I've always wanted and needed in life, and I can't imagine being a vanilla person.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you on that whole aspect of taking a break from kink and then missing it every day. I also um, took a little bit of a break from it myself. I've had vanilla relationships in the past myself and they just didn't work out. I kind of admittedly put my hands up. I sabotaged the relationships because I wasn't happy. Um, But yeah, a lot of my stuff that was on FetLife on my previous page, um, they got stolen and showed to my family. And so I had to deactivate my account on FetLife back in the day. And I missed it that much. It only took me... month or two and I was back on Life again under a different name Uh, but this time there's no images or videos added to it at all Uh, I learned my lesson with that one and I will never ever share another video or image ever again on Life. so yeah and also on the community part of things uh, the people in the lifestyle are so awesome like I've never met you know as nice as people as what they are I really haven't you know everybody's super respectful you know they don't push anybody's boundaries or anything like that they understand consent even on a night out to a fetish club you know they understand you know because they were once where we were you know and like I said they are some of the best people in the lifestyle you will ever meet and I'm so glad and fortunate that I found the people I have and I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for those people you know helping me through this and you know guiding me in the right direction and whatnot so on that note Miss Socks would you like to share any of your social media with your followers right now?
1: It's not something that suits my personality very well uh just like people need to go on hikes and breathe fresh air I need to get my ass beat sometimes and uh it's It took me a couple years to realize that I actually needed it versus wanted it. And that's okay if you need BDSM in your life. It just shows that your brain works a little bit of a different way and that you need to have some sort of alternative release for your emotions or for your sexual turn-ons. And it's completely fine if you need it like I need it. Um, I just couldn't imagine myself being a vanilla, ever.
0: Yeah, so I totally get what you mean about the, the needing of the BDSM in a relationship and stuff. Now, because I've lived vanilla and because I've lived the alternative lifestyle uh, as a dummy 24-7, uh, a dynamic uh, that is, you know, in this lifestyle, we call them dynamics. We You know, you can call them relationships, but I call it a dynamic personally. Now, with the needing of BDSM, I've noticed that quite a lot. Like, I need to be dormy 24 hours, 7 days a week. And it's really weird because when I'm with anybody, if if I don't have that dynamic at all, um, then I get anxious, I get antsy and, you know, I panic because I'm out of sync. So I have to be in sync all the time, otherwise it'll just do me head in. But... When I'm not with anybody, um, I still have like that dominant role. I know that's weird to say, but I, ha- I still have this dominant role where in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to do this because I like structure. So if I don't have structure either by myself or in a relationship, then that's when I panic and my anxiety takes over. But again, Ms Sox, um, did you want
1: to release your social media accounts? yeah sure uh you can contact me um on instagram my handle is the adventures of socks one word no underscores or dots or anything like that and socks is spelled s-o-x um i check it daily so if you message me i will most likely respond unless you send me something really inappropriate um then i won't respond but that's just because you're being creepy Um, I'm pretty good about getting back to people within a day or so, so feel free to ask me questions on your own, I'm an open book, I love helping people figure out their new kink adventure in their life, so by all means message me. Now
0: I have a question for you, um, what kinks do you
1: put off? Kinks that I put off, um... I didn't really do that, nothing really scared me enough for me to put them off until doing it later. I started in the BDSM community by doing blood play, that was one of the first things that I experimented with, as well as impact play. So I didn't really put anything off for later, I kind of just jumped in headfirst into the deepest part of the ocean and hoped that I would be okay, which I was. But. I mean I've experimented more with different types of blood play but I haven't really been afraid to do something and put it off for later. The only thing that might fall into that category is sewing my mouth shut. Uh, that's something that I've wanted to do for a couple of years but haven't got around to doing it. Um, but hopefully I'll do it soon. Well,
0: talking about um, fetishes that you put off. Um, I want to mention very very quickly before we sort of end this interview if you will uh there is one thing I want to mention with hard limits and soft limits you know with you um mentioning about being put off with um kinks and whatnot this is kind of very similar so for those that don't know hard limits and soft limits is what you're distinguishing what you will do and what you won't do to a potential partner for example so a hard limit is something that you will know you will never ever do and a soft limit is something that you are willing to try with a trusted partner so I would say for me personally a hard limit well a few hard limits for me is vomit anything to do with children anything to do with animals and anything to do with anything illegal so they're like my top hard limits right there and there is a lot of soft limits but I like to discuss mine with potential partners I don't want to put them on blast um but yeah but thank you so much Miss Socks once again for this interview I thoroughly enjoyed it so don't forget to check out my previous interview with Miss Socks and most certainly don't forget that I'm going to be doing an interview with Sam House. so you know, please follow me for more sick content uh, and please follow me to keep updated with the Sam Hell interview. Once again, thank you, Miss Socks, for doing this interview once again. And until the next time, sickos, I'll see you later.